Welcome to Brain Trust Philanthropy, powered by Vitreo. We bring you free-flowing conversations with top thought leaders in philanthropy and the nonprofit sector. Sit back, relax, listen and enjoy as we share ideas and discuss topics that are important, timely, and we hope will transform the nonprofit world. Hello, and welcome to Brain Trust Philanthropy, powered by Vitreo. This is episode 19, recorded Thursday, October the 11th, 2018. I'm Vincent Duckworth. I'm a fundraiser and a partner with Betrayal Group. We are a national agency focused on bold leadership and transformative fundraising. In this episode, our 10th of the year, we are joined by Derek Bechtold, Kim Taylor, and Larissa Grosh. Our topic, introvert or extrovert, which makes the better fundraiser? If there's one thing we as humans like to do, it's looking at the personality and behaviors of ourselves and those around us. Fundraisers seem to be especially fascinated by this topic. Many people inside and outside of fundraising think that to be a successful fundraiser, you need to be outgoing, gregarious, and assertive, all traits commonly associated with being an extrovert. In today's podcast, we tackle those associations head on. Are extroverts better fundraisers or are introverts? The answer might surprise you. Join us as we discuss this and more coming up next on Brain Trust Philanthropy, powered by Betrayal. We have three amazing guests with us today, introverts and extroverts both. You will have to be the judge at the end of the day as to who is who. They're excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. Let's get started. Joining us from Edmonton, we have Kim Taylor. Kim and I have been friends and fundraising colleagues for almost 20 years. A few years back, Kim and I worked on a project at Lethbridge College. Kim and her husband, Don, actually moved to Lethbridge for that project. I commuted weekly between Calgary and Lethbridge. And when I stayed over, which was often, I stayed with Kim and Don. Those visits and Chef Kim's meals are some of my fondest memories from that time. Kim, I'm so glad you were able to join us today. Welcome. Thank you so much. So welcome. Happy to be here. Kim, we're going to hear more about your thoughts on which personality type you think works best for being a fundraiser later in the show. But but before we do that, uh, what I want to hear and what people want to hear is more more grandma stories. You have two beautiful grandchildren. I'm wondering if you can share with us what it's like being a grandma and what was your biggest learning when you became a grandma? Wow, um, the biggest the <laughs> biggest learning. Uh, the most well, the most precious thing about being a grandma is that that's the reason you have kids. And sure. Um, all those late nights uh, as your kids are teenagers and they're not coming home on time or they don't come home that night at all and you wonder what has happened and you wonder if you should call in the authorities and then they show up wondering what the big deal was. Now you have grandchildren and it makes it all worthwhile and they tell all the greatest stories and they make you feel young again and you get to spoil them and send them home. Oh, perfect. I didn't expect the dark part at the beginning, but I like the light part at the end. <laughs> so thanks, Kim. Also joining us today from Calgary in a reprise of her previous appearance is Larissa Grosh, a colleague of mine at the trail. Larissa, welcome. Good morning. Larissa, you are a woman of many talents, and one of those talents is an enduring love and participation in dance. I'm wondering if you can share with us a little bit about your personal history with dance and why and why dance continues to inspire you today. I'd love to. It's my, one of my favorite topics. I started dancing when I was three years old, and I've continued to dance since then. And um, I think 
the reason uh, that is such an important part of my life is, um, you know, there's physical fitness benefits, but um, the ability to express yourself, to connect with others, to tell stories, to inspire, um, and to just be passionate about something, I think, is, is a tremendous gift, and it's something that I've carried through. I danced for 12 years with the Ukrainian Shrinka Dancers in Edmonton and was able to travel across the United States and Canada, um, performing for um, anything from um, Parliament Hill for Canada Day um, to different theaters and that, and um, just the self-confidence and the friendships and the the, the gift of, of travel and that has been really important, and I'm really delighted that my two children are, are following in my footsteps and are, are taking dance classes um, willingly so far. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still dancing today, right? You still you I still am, participate yes. in yeah, that's awesome. I, I I love that aspect of you, and I know you did a lot of work with decidedly jazz jazz works in in Calgary, and it's, we've got a beautiful new facility down there. So thanks for sharing that, and and uh, for our friends in northern Alberta, we are well aware of uh, how great Shumka dancers are in uh, in the northern Alberta, in fact, across across uh, the the west. So thanks for that, Larissa. Finally, joining us also from Calgary, we have Derek Bechtold, a fundraiser with the Association for the Rehabilitation of the Brain Injured, Arby, and also a friend of mine. I've known of Derek ever since I came to Calgary in 2015, and I'm so thrilled that I've gotten to know him better in the last five years. Derek, I've been wanting to have you on our podcast for a while now, so so welcome. Oh, thanks a lot, Vincent. Uh, it's, uh, it's an honor to be here. Derek, lots of people know you from your work at Arby and from your volunteer work with AFP. Uh, before we hear more about that and before we get into today's topic, though, what I really want to know is, what's up with this crazy love affair with bacon? <laughs> well, you see, I, I just find salted meat is, is, it, it, it is, it is the meat of the gods, right? Uh, it, it's not, not, not unlike how Larissa explains dance. It, it speaks to the very essence of mankind and 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 your soul and where you've been, where you, you you've come from, and, and ultimately where you're going. So, uh, right now, just looking behind me, I'm staring at my bacon shrine uh, right now uh, with my, of course, my bacon vodka and my uh, bacon clamato juice. Uh, you have your bacon toothpaste and all of the various other accoutrements that you could uh, you could have with that. So. Uh, <laughs> and when I found out when I found out that my son, who's in uh, grade four, and his teacher's name, oh, this is just divine. Her name is Mrs. Bacon. I that it yeah, is you know, not. It is totally it. Even when we had the parent teacher, I had to show up with my bacon socks. It was awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I I knew you wouldn't disappoint. The uh, the 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 cow of bacon has been uh, shared, although. I'm not sure if I would really compare the health benefits of dance with the 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 benefits of bacon, but you did. And uh, you've you got to you, really want to see them. You've really got to want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Well, I know a good cardiologist, so we'll talk after. <laughs> Thanks, Derek, for that. <laughs> okay. ENR clause. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Let's get started. Thank you all for joining us on this, our 19th podcast. Today's topic, introvert or extrovert, which makes the better fundraiser. When I tell people that I am a professional fundraiser, yeah, they'll often counter with something like, oh, yeah, I can see that you'd be good at that. You're outgoing. You like talking to people. You're an extrovert. Uh, 
sometimes they follow it up with, oh, I could never do your job. I'm shy. I don't like meeting new people. I'm an introvert. Today, we know that these categories of being either an outgoing extrovert or a shy introvert are arbitrary at best and, and, and somewhat misleading at worst. But uh, we're going to talk a lot more about that today and, and, uh, and all the other fun things that uh, are related to personality and fundraising. But I'm going to start, Larissa, let's start with you. Uh, what, is, what would you characterize your personality type as and what has been your experience as a fundraiser? Um, thanks, Vincent. Well, I'm happy to kick this off. I would probably say I'm a very flexible introvert, and not just because of my dance background, um, but I think, uh, you know... But I'm bum. Yeah. <laughs> Start off with a joke. <laughs> Catch them laughing. Um, I I tend to, you know, I'm, I, I would, there's also another category that we can get into after, but, um, you know, f- for me personally, I really value um, uh, uh, reflecting on things before I act. Um, I really like to have meaningful um, conversations, kind of one-on-one, um, you know, all the, the kind of classic um, character traits of an introvert, and I, I love spending time with people. I, You know, I can be outgoing, and I, I enjoy networking and all those things. I've learned how to do that, but um, really, at the end of the day, I also need my, my alone time. So, you know, I was grateful early on in my career to have the opportunity to understand that about myself and understand that there's ways that you can... Um, work to your strengths and, and, um, you know, we can't all be good at everything. So you kind of, um, you know, adapt as you need to go, but, um, really understanding your strengths and your style and, and how you work best, um, and then blasting forward on that. What's been your biggest, what do you think your, your superpower is in fundraising as an introvert? Uh, I, I hope and 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 um, that people appreciate that I'm um, a very warm person and uh, I'm naturally curious and I love listening. So I think um, you know the ability to connect with people um, fairly quickly. Um, uh, I, I hope is is a strength of mine and and something that I've brought um, with my personality type. Awesome. I was looking for the listening part. Thanks. Uh, who wants to weigh in, Derek or Kim? Right. Uh, what's your personality type, and what's been your experience as a fundraiser? Who wants to go? Oh, go ahead, Kim. Well, okay. So um, I, uh, I'm, I'm an extrovert. Um, I don't think anybody's a true one end of the spectrum or another. I think we all have traits of both. I would like to hope that I am strategic and reflect on actions before doing so. Think them through. I have noticed too as. Um, as I started out as a young fundraiser, and I think that's just the maturity process, I, as I've come along, I do like a little alone time at the end of the day just to wash away the day uh, before I interact with family members, for example. I um, also believe, though, that uh, that there's value in, in, in both. Uh, the introverted part of me, very, very much dominated by the extrovert. Um, and yes, extroverts do make really great fundraisers, but I think others can too. Awesome. What's the worst thing about being an extrovert as a fundraiser? You're asking me that question? Yeah. Worst thing about being an extrovert. Um, yeah. Well, you must be careful to not dominate the conversation. The natural tendency of an extrovert, of course, is to be um, leading the conversation, and, and you must remember to listen and to uh, think about what you're trying to, what your goal is of the meeting, not to just sit there and make friends and 
meet new people, but also you have a goal to get somebody to a certain point, and your job is to drive that. Hmm. Thanks. All right, Derek. What about you? What's your personality type, and what's been your experience as a fundraiser, and what are your thoughts on this topic? Um, it, 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 it's fascinating because I'm listening to uh, what Larissa and Kim said, and I think they're they're fantastic points. I especially liked what Larissa said about learning. Lear, you know, you, you 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 sort of learn and adapt as you go along. Um, I would say, and I know Vincent is probably going to sort of be shocked at this. I I am I am a massive introvert. Uh, there is, there is no question. Um, I find that large networking things actually drain, uh, drain my energy. And what I actually need is, again, that, that alone time though, but that replenishes me. Um, it, in, in sort of the day to day stuff, um, with our executive director, I do not like the limelight. So I'm more of the, from a military point of view, I'm more of the chief of staff. So I, I sort of help things and make it in the background and make things go and work and that sort of thing. Um, I think probably for myself where this may have been uh, a positive is my my empathy, uh, my sort of emotional quotient, uh, if you will, where I am able to um, read or feel that person and see what their needs are. It really has... Uh, it really has nothing to do with me, but rather, what is that individual, that donor, that corporation? What is their what is their need? Why are they in this relationship? What are they trying to get out of it? So I think that's that might be sort of from the positive end for myself. Hmm. Well, I, I I I'm a little surprised, but I'm not completely surprised. What what what, uh, Larissa? You you've known Derek for a while. What was what do you, what's your reaction to what he what he said when he said he's a massive introvert? Uh, I actually find that a bit surprising, Derek, because any time I've interacted with you, you're very outgoing and warm and um, charismatic and um, seem to be very extroverted. But, I, you know, I, I think it speaks to what Kim also said, which is I think there is no um, 100% extrovert or 100% introvert. And, you know, in, in the line of work that we do as fundraisers, um, I think adaptability is, is a really important trait because we're always working with different donors or different volunteers or different um, team members. And so I think all of us um, can slide along that scale. And, you know, when you're – I've interacted you, with you mostly, Derek, in, you know, social professional settings. So, um, you know, then you learn how to turn it on for that time. Um, when you go away, you know, I don't know whether you go and need alone time or whether you go and, and recharge with other people, but um, I think – you know, in different settings, we learn how to adapt um, uh, our personalities and our and our approach to people. I think. Well, I was hoping. A, go ahead, Derek. I, oh, oh I, do. no! I, I think I think that's a that's a very very fair comment. Um, I'm uh, reading uh, Susan Cain's book, uh, Quiet. Uh, I found just absolutely riveting and truly spoke to me and and she mentions the term of the 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 ambivert and i don't want to get into you know a very term oriented uh conversation but that is sort of that middle ground where you're able to in a fluid way kind of move back and forth and and i think kim you you mentioned it very very well that a a fundraiser is able to adapt and morph uh, because yes, while you represent your organization, you represent the mission, and you're trying to move that, you're ultimately dealing with an X factor of so many different personalities, motives, goals um, that you need to, in our fundraising 
tool tool belt, right? You need to sort of adapt and morph to that, to where they are, what's what's best uh, for them. So. So tell me more about this book, Quiet. Is it a, is it a is it a, a recent book? Is it focused on um, the like is what's what's its central premise? Uh, so, uh, Susan, Susan Kane, and she has a fantastic TED talk too. Um, Susan Kane was a, uh, high powered, uh, high powered lawyer, um, who decided that she just didn't seem to fit in, uh, at all. And in 2012, she wrote the book, uh, Quiet, uh, and it's just exploded. Um, and, and so what she's sort of starting is this quiet revolution. This, this notion that, um, we are coming out of, uh, the cult of personality where everything was about um, making friends and influencing people and everything is about that first judgment and you always must push your best foot forward and this is how you network and this is how you grow your social circles and these types of things and her stance is more from there is this very very quiet revolution going on where you can have very very powerful leaders who are empathic who maybe aren't, you know, necessarily jump in with both feet risk takers, but they take time to process and digest stuff. Um, who do need that uh after a networking thing that you know, that time to compose themselves and literally regain their energy levels. Uh and that these people have a quiet voice, she would say, um, and they can offer a heck of a lot, uh, whether it's a workplace, whether it's life situation, that sort of thing. Uh, I, I find it a fascinating book. And right. it's neat. Larissa, sort of that, look, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, that, I, that, that was that. I didn't mean to cut you off, Derek. No. Uh, Larissa, have you have you had a chance to explore that book? Um, I have online and preparing for this podcast. I would just um, uh, add to Derek's um, great overview and summary is that I think it speaks to, uh, you know, often society um, – uh, extroverts are are seen to be sort of uh, the preferred personality trait. You know, someone that's very uh, charismatic, outgoing. Um, you know, all those different um, adjectives for extroverts. And I think her book and and this I, this notion is to say that being introverted isn't a, a bad thing. It's just a function of you know where you draw your energy from. And and you know, being shy or, or self confident, self esteem. Those are those are separate um, factors um, that doesn't necessarily define you as a as an introvert but just that you know introverts if you if you can embrace um and understand that about yourself that you also can have um power and um and uh influence and and um you know be an effective leader and effective team member i've watched this trend the shift over the last uh maybe three years for sure and maybe five or more where um uh, the people are digging deeper into the fact of of, of where, where where the traditional uh, introverted um, uh, personality aspects um, have been actually uh, may, may have been overlooked and, and and are quite powerful. So I can see that they're the culmination of that in the book. Kim, have you read this book or heard about it? Uh, no, but I just was looking at it as we were talking, and I'm quite intrigued. You know, how I'm extroverted of you. <laughs> I'm <actually laughs> surrounded in my home life. I'm surrounded by introverts. Which is quite mm-hmm. surprising. So I, um, I was thinking that I might pick up this book for them as well as myself. Uh, good, good learning, I think, opportunity. Awesome. Well, I want to dig into something that we touched on in a couple of uh, aspects of our conversation, which was adaptability, which is, 
we I think we all agree is a is a strong positive trait for fundraisers. Um, and I also heard Kim talk about when I asked what was the worst thing about being an extrovert, and that was um, that we can sometimes dominate the conversation and the whole host. Of, I mean, Kim, have you do you consciously think about that and and maybe temper your natural inclination um, to be to be to, to kind of drive things forward and sometimes just pause or do you, do you adapt that way? Do you find yourself thinking more consciously about that? Yes. So um, I, I do that every day. I, I've always been um, the, the one person in the crowd. If I'm with a bunch of introverts who kind of drives the conversation simply because to me, although silence can be golden when you're in conversation and there's these, long pauses I'm wondering where this is going so if I find a long pause unless we've just made an ask and are waiting for a an answer I I will not necessarily it's not that I need to fill the silence but I'm wanting to move it in some direction the conversation in some direction so at the same time I'm 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 very conscious of that and I want to make sure I'm not driving it just because I don't like silence so there needs to be a strategic vision of what you're trying to achieve. And, and you know, that can be true just in normal conversation with friends and family, too. Um, you don't want to be seen as the one that is in the crowd and people are going, oh, I don't want to be there because she's going to be there and she's going to dominate the conversation. So you have to be really careful with that. Um, and I, I look at it every day to make sure I'm not doing that. Didn't always, didn't, wasn't always aware, but as I've grown older, I am aware. Well, that's interesting because I also heard on the flip side where Derek kind of, um, you know, gave us the big reveal that he's a massive, uh, massive, I say massive, capital M, massive introvert. Um, uh, and and I, I, yeah, I can see that. And so maybe, Derek, are you sometimes projecting more extroverted traits when you're in social situations to kind of up the up the volume out of your comfort zone? Is that what you've done to adapt? Oh, oh, most most definitely. Um, I it's interesting when when Kim was speaking uh i was and I tend to do this I was immediately thinking back to uh that scene in pulp fiction right where you have john travolta <laughs> uh and um oh my god what what is her um her name and they're they're sitting you thank you very much and they're sitting there and they just there's just nothing there's no banter there's nothing going on and and she she comments on those uncomfortable moments of silence where you know where nobody says a word. And and I I I find those I find those valuable I find those almost as a sort of a level set, but it, coming coming back to your uh, your question, uh, Vincent, I think I think I use and and Larissa mentioned this as well um, whether it's my charisma or uh, my just constant going off the cuff chatting with people usually in small groups uh, that type of thing as possibly a, a, either a defense mechanism or just being able to sort of compensate, um, I am able to sort of adapt to that and literally wind myself. It's literally a process of winding myself up. All right, I have right. to do this. I'm going to uh, an AFP luncheon or, yes, I'm introducing the generosity of spirit person this year. Boom, you got to be on. And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a click. It's a, it's a click. Uh, it's, it's interesting because I, I'm, I'm part of SVP, Social Venture Partners, uh, and I'm one of their coaches. 
um, this year for their fast pitch. And so we were coaching uh, our guy last night. And, and how do you prep yourself? How do you get, and it's literally you mentally talk yourself into being on. You know, so, so a strategy I will use, and Larissa won't have seen this, you know, she's just sort of seen, oh my God, there comes Derek on 10 cups of coffee. Yep, that's Derek. We know him. Um, but what people don't see is 15, 20 minutes before I will have been on my own, probably in the car. You know, so I would have been just literally sort of prepping myself, getting myself ready, you know, or literally sort of balancing myself out and, and just sort of getting ready, staging, staging the scene, if you will. Hmm. Well, thanks for that. I noticed that in the conversation, so I wanted to see if we could highlight it, and I, I suspected that was what the case was, but I'm glad you confirmed it. What about you, Larissa? Do you, are there some, what are your adaptation, um, uh, activities, if you, if you have any? Um, that's a, Good question. I'm not sure how to answer. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I've seen I've seen you, Larissa, um, uh, when we are when we're talking um, strategy internally at the company, and uh, 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 oftentimes you're very reflective, which is awesome and forces us to think much deeper. And I've also seen you run a cabinet meeting with a client, uh, where you you're more. Um, force projected and not necessarily the, you don't present like the reflective personality, but more about I'm in charge personality. Um, and I find that really fascinating to watch you do both so, so well. Well, thank you for observing that. But what I, um, would comment back on is that, uh, you know, internal team meetings, um, I'm probably much more myself, but you know, when I'm working with senior community leaders in a cabinet meeting, then, I probably would want to be more on, as, as Derek suggested, or, or mm-hmm. probably act a little bit differently. So again, it goes back to that adaptability piece, which I think is an important trait um, for fundraisers. And I'd love to hear um, Kim and Derek and you comment on on that, because I think personality is one thing. But then I'd be interested in hearing. Um, I, I think this conversation lends itself naturally to, to also talking about what are some traits, you know, of of great fundraisers um, in general. Because I think that those traits probably supersede whether you're introverted or extroverted. So I'd love to hear everyone's kind of thoughts thoughts on that. That's awesome. Um, are you in my room somewhere with a camera? Because I had written that exact phrase down. <laughs> oh, <there you> go. <laughs> Going beyond for, for personality. So, so that's a great segue. Um, thank you for that. And Larissa and I did not plan this a, a, ahead of time. Um, that's awesome. That, that, that like let's let's go beyond personality. What are the what are the, some of the, the really great uh, traits you look for or have in yourself um, and, and admire in others when they're fundraisers. Who wants to start? Larissa opened it up to to you two, so I'm going to give you a chance to uh, to weigh in. Kim, go ahead, Derek. Derek, go ahead. Oh, Kim, you're giving it Derek the floor. All right, Derek. I'm giving oh, it first. This first is step. so the anti introvert. Okay. Um, what what personality traits? I've uh, not not necessarily been, personality traits. We can talk sorry. about. Uh, uh, traits in general. Uh, just, Ooh, just what you know, traits uh, in general. Um, yeah. I, 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 again, I think, I think it, it is, it is, uh, the, uh, the empathy, um, listening. I mean, that, that, that's first and foremost. Uh, a, a sense of, a, sem- a sense of humbleness where, you know, what, what is, what is my donor in this for? Why are they here? What is it they want? So it's a natural curiosity of what what is bringing you here? You know, what what can I do for you? 
What is it you need out of this? Um, I, I, again, it, 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 from other sort of more of the, the, the hardcore tangible um, sort of qualities, uh, my God, how you would have a major gifts officer versus, say, somebody that's in special events versus, say, somebody that's a grant writer versus a planned giver. Oh, Christmas cracker, that's across the spectrum, right? I mean, th- there's going to be just a, a cornucopia of different traits that would suit each person. Um, I think, though, one that might underlie possibly all of them is uh, self-awareness. You know, know thyself, right? Where are you? What is it that you're good good at? How do you know? How do you deal with that? How do you adapt? How... You know what? Yeah, this special event. No, that 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 just ain't me. That I'm not good at that. I can I can do it, but I'm not good. At, what are you good at? And you can build on those. Um, I think a I, I think a good sense of who you are uh, and what you're about uh, lends to then being able to understand others. Great. Thanks for that, Derek. Um, it's interesting uh, that uh, you, you talked about empathy and listening and humbleness and curiosity. And self-awareness, and I, 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 I think we would all agree with those. Um, we'll circle back later on. Um, one of the drivers for listening for me is curiosity, so I want to get more, more into that. But Kim, what, what, what are some of the traits and aspects of a great fundraiser, or what you admire in others and strive for? Good point. You talk about curiosity, and I'd like to circle back to that in a moment. But <clears throat> for me, I'm looking for, you know, the new buzzword is emotional intelligence. EI. And I, I really believe that people need to, that becomes, that comes into self-awareness. Uh, you need a high degree of emotional intelligence. You need to be able to think about your feelings and what are your strengths and weaknesses and, and you need to be able to pause for a moment to stop to think before you speak, uh, before you act. You know, you need to really be able to do that to control where you're going with your thoughts and your uh, and your abilities. Um, but then leading into curiosity, I think the biggest piece of that is being curious about people, actually liking people, you wanting, wanting to know about them. And so you ask these questions because you really are just very interested in who they are and, and where they come from. Mm-hmm. I, I use curiosity um, as a tool. Uh, I, I'm naturally curious, but sometimes I can lose the plot in my drive to get us moving forward or something. And uh, I will use as a kind of a mental trick or tool is if, if I'm getting into that mode, is to is to is to go back to the baseline of uh, what am I curious about? What are my questions? Um, and that helps me be a better listener um, because sometimes I. I can really drive through that. I was in um, I was in uh, uh, Fort Chippewan yesterday with a with a group we're working with, and they're uh, it's an indigenous group, and we were sitting around a board table, and the chair of the meeting opened it up and asked uh, sort of set the stage, and then there was this um, pregnant pause, um, and and I let it sit for a while, um, but uh, you know I've been through a lot in the in the day with other things, and I forgot. I forgot where I was for a moment and the, and, and the, and the, and the culture I was in. And so the pause went on for, I'm going to say, uh, you know, 45 seconds or a minute, which doesn't seem very long, but it was like an eternity. And so I just said, well, I have a, and then 
one of the participants across the way, um, we'd like to hear from some board members, is what she said. And, uh, you know, I wish I'd caught myself just before that, but it, it turned out fine um, uh, because it, it allowed me to recenter and say, absolutely. And we let that go. And they just needed space. Uh, they were, you know, they were, they, they needed some space. And, and uh, I had trouble as an expert sorting that out. So curiosity, uh, I could have, it could have helped me yesterday if I reminded myself to be more curious. So I went on a bit of a tangent. Back to you, Larissa. Did that answer some of the, the questions you had? And maybe you want to share some of the traits that you think are, are uh, really important for fundraisers. Um, yeah, you know, I think my number one, I agree with all the excellent points that Kim and Derek made and, and that, that you've made as well, Vincent. But for me, it really, for me personally, it boils down to passion. Like I would hope that I'd never work for an organization that I didn't believe strongly in just because I was getting a paycheck or because it was convenient or whatever. I think, uh, you know, the work that we do is, is so important and it's such an honor to work with donors and volunteers um, to fulfill the mission. So if you're not passionate about it, then that's really hard to, to get others on board. Um, the other thing, you know, I see as a consultant working with um, lots of excellent clients is and some of the best fundraisers I know just have that um, sort of self-discipline and, and, and the determination to just, you know, kind of persistently keep moving forward, have the plan, get your activity in, um, you know, keep moving forward. Um, you know, it was really, really important to have that discipline. Um, uh, and I would also, you know, I, I think it is really important, you know, kind of building on that idea of emotional intelligence and empathy and that is, is just you know, respectful behavior. And I think ethics is a huge, uh, you know, important part of this that should transcend any personality type. We, you know, the work we do is honorable. We need to be transparent and honest and um, you need to act with integrity and, and you know, be proud of all, all the work that you do, that it could be on the front page of a newspaper that, you know, whenever possible, your interactions with people are always um, honorable and, and ethical in that. So those are, you know, some of the, the traits I've seen and some of the great fundraisers that I've that I've seen. I'm glad you talked about passion. Um, uh, it relates to me a little bit like uh, not just for the cause, but also a passion for people, liking people. Um, mm. I, I, went, I can't remember who mentioned that, uh, 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 whether that was you. Was that you, Kim? Um, yeah, or, or Derek? you must like people. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, it sounds a little like if we say it, just drop it in like that. Sometimes we can, it can sound a little maybe trite, but the reality is, is that I think when we think about people who are not, uh, always uh, putting their best foot forward as great fundraisers. Uh, we can see sometimes that we, you know, uh, that they 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 act one way with uh, with 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 the the donors and volunteers, and they talk another way privately. You know, uh, you know that's, that's that old joke about when you work at a university and be a great place except for all the students. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, it, sometimes that can happen in, in, in the nonprofit sector too, going where, you know, I really don't like the people I work with, but I guess I can go ask them for money. Um, well, that's, you're probably in the wrong job. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, well, who wants to, go ahead. Is that you, Larissa? I, I was just, I was just gonna, yeah, I was just gonna comment. I think the passion piece is really important to me because I, you know, I, I don't want to get too far down a, a different rabbit hole, but I think, you know, in our. Oh, in we our, can do that. It's our podcast. Go ahead. It, it, well, it's just it, it, it's it's known that you know the the average tenure for fundraisers tends to be let's say 18 months or 24 months, um, and there's likely various circumstances. But you know, in my personal experience, if you work for an organization that you're passionate about and that you care about deeply, the grass isn't necessarily greener anywhere else. So, um, you know, I think 
if you know yourself and you you understand how you can work best um and sort of advocate for that then i think that might help um retention rates and 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 stop uh you know some of the reputation that that there tends to be of of job hopping in the sector mm-hmm. it's it's a stressful sector to work in you know there's it's such important missions there's so many people that depend on the work that we do so let's make sure that we're enjoying it and and you know keep replenishing ourselves whether with others because you're an extrovert or by yourself because you're an introvert but you know let's let's you know do justice to the work that we're trying to do um so there's my little rant rabbit hole <laughs> that's awesome that's an excellent point if i can jump in i i really feel that you need to keep replenishing yourself I, I I watched a TED talk um, some time ago about I, I'm sorry I can't remember who the who the speaker was, but she talked about tenacity and those that succeed are the people who are tenacious. They have this stick to itiveness um, when the going gets rough, and I think that's really important. And I think that is a trait that transcends you being an introvert or an extrovert. You just have to be adaptable to changing situations within an organization. You have to be passionate about what you do, and you have to believe in it so much that when the going gets rough, that you will stick it out to see the light at the other end. I think that might be the the, the grit TED Talk. Um, grit, uh, yes, a, thank you. There's this comment about grit. grit. Uh, well, I'm especially drawn to it because the, um, the the woman who did it has a fantastic name. Uh, it's Angela Lee Duckworth is her name. Right? Uh, it's a great yeah. name. You have to admit, right? Um, yeah, it's yeah, great but, name. but grit, uh, this idea of sticking to it, of tenacity is, is a great trait too. Um, uh, Derek, did you want to weigh in with some of the thoughts that are swirling in your amazing, uh, massively integrated mind? Introverted mind? Oh, dear, dear Lord, it's a big head, but no, I don't know how much is going on up there, mate. Um, it, it's interesting. Uh, Kim mentioned something that, that I'm, I'm just going to hinge on for a second. Uh, the whole idea of passion, and Marissa, you spoke very well about that. Um, that, okay, there are, could there be two different things? You're passionate at what you do, or with what you do, or at what you do, or you're passionate for the mission. Those are two different things. So I wonder, I wonder if there is, with this whole sort of job hopping crisis, and there's been a number of papers that have come out, you know, in the past few years on that, and again, don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I wonder if, you know, this, you know, fundraiser, you know, Sonny Jim, uh, is, is passionate about the process. He's passionate about fundraising. Now, forgive the word, just forgive the word for one second. He can sell anything. He can sell anything to anybody, and it doesn't matter. He loves that. You know that moment where where you you you, you talk about something, you talk about a program at, at your organization, and you just you see that you see that click. You see you see the donor, and something sparkles in their eyes, and you know the hair is standing up on their arms, and they go, "Oh my God, that's it." You, you know that moment, and and we've all had that moment, right? Where they just, and the, the the tone and the air, everything changes in the room. What if Sunny Jim fundraiser is passionate about that process? Does he necessarily need to be passionate about the organization, which is Save the Weasel Foundation of South Calgary, for instance? Um, so I'm 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 wondering about those two. Are those two different passions? Wow. A great distinction. What's the group think? 
Um, if I could, I think that one helps you get to the, while you're learning about an organization and getting to the other. So you have to have passion about what you do, first of all, or you're never going to go into or at least stay in the profession. You need to have passion for that. Believe that you can do it. So the ability to, yes, sell anything to anyone at any time certainly helps to make you successful. Eventually, though, you have to get to the point where you can believe in the organization, believe in the people you work with and what they're trying to accomplish, and feel respected by them. Um, if you don't have all of those pieces, you won't last. And we, we there is a problem with um, retention of staff. Um, and I've seen it many, many times. And, and part of that is is that your leads have to also be passionate about what the organization is trying to do and also believe in the um, the position that fundraising plays in that success. And even if you are as passionate a person as ever, if you don't have those other pieces to sustain you, you will take your passion and go somewhere else to sell something. I, I think I think that's a that's a great, great statement. And it, sorry, Vincent, if I can throw in one other word. Uh this came up last night at, at our coaching uh, a fair amount authentic mm-hmm. so so i uh, 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 being authentic to me speaks to in a way sort of what Larissa said that no i I love Arby. I have a close connection because of what my mother went through, so when I'm selling quote unquote forgive when I'm selling Arby, I'm there because my mom is in the background and and I love that component, you know I'm a fair to midland. Uh, fundraiser, I'm okay, um, and, and I, I'm good with the tactics. But in terms of the passion, right, loving the mission, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I wonder if that's maybe the reason for the the the, the massive jump in, you know, every 12 months or 16 months, because the, the person can be a great fundraiser or a great tactician, know the tactics of fundraising, but they just don't really give a rat's hiney about the mission. Right, they're not sold on that, and so it's not authentic. I, I don't, I don't know. Mm. I like, I like the conversation about the distinction. What do you think about that, Larissa? Um, I think, yeah, I, I would agree with that. There, there probably are different kinds of passion, and you know, one of my soapboxes I, I like to jump on that I'll maybe, I, I think there's a fit. So bear with me. Is just the culture of philanthropy, right? So it's that can also play a factor in. Um, and and just the the work culture that you're working in um you can be passionate about something but if people aren't helping you um for whatever reason or or you're in your own silo then that makes it difficult um so i think uh you know and that to me relates to kind of the office culture um also relates to this topic of introvert or extrovert because i think if you have um a good understanding of your um your various team members whether it's donors or um, volunteers or, you know, your fellow staff members or whatever, if you have an understanding of how each other works and, and work styles and that, then, you know, that's when the passions and, and the work can all click and move forward. It's sometimes when you have those um, those clashes or those those gaps, um, you might be a great, tech, you know, tactician but not have passion or, or vice versa, then that, that, that can all um, often stall things and that might um, contribute to some of the the, the job hopping that we're talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the the whole um, tenure or or, or uh, how long people are staying in in their work and and why they're leaving is an entirely um, another podcast, which would be I think actually a great topic to explore in the future about just what is with the lack of retention. So um, I think they are related to those things. Um, I was just sort of catching up to what Derek was talking about, um, uh, and and uh, and I want to talk about something serious. But did you say rats, Heine? <laughs> yeah, you did. Okay, I just want to make sure that I heard that because that's that's I was going to say rat's ass, but I know that wouldn't be appropriate, and I shouldn't. Use well, that I think you just did. Um, <laughs> see, see. <laughs> but that that that's that's awesome. Now, um, before I mean, I, we we definitely could talk a lot more about personality traits, and I think we should. Um, there, you know, and get people understanding what's important and what are the values that uh, you need to be thinking about as a fundraiser. So there's lots of opportunity for um, future podcasts here. Um, before we get into, I you know I want to turn it to each of you to give an opportunity to talk about what's important to you at this time. But before we get there, because this this topic actually was posed as a question, I'm going to give each of you a chance to actually answer it any way you like um, uh, to sort of close out the, the the discussion portion. So I'll start with with you first, Kim. Introvert or extrovert? Which makes the better fundraiser? Um, I don't think it depends on being an introvert or an extrovert. Certain personality traits, I think, are very important. Uh, I go back to the whole emotional intelligence piece, but if you have a multiple uh, membership in a team, I would like yep. to see a balance of both. I think that both um, help the team, which then helps the organization. Awesome. Great answer. Larissa, introvert or extrovert, who makes the better fundraiser? I have to agree with Kim. I think um, there's positives and negatives to both personality traits. Um, I think if you can have the self-awareness to understand where you are on that scale and um, and how you work best, there's lots of great articles that I was reviewing as I um, was preparing for this podcast and, and just talking about, uh, you know, tactics or tips. Even I'm, I'm aware, like, um, I think at one of the AFP international conferences, they created, like, an introvert's lounge, which I thought was a brilliant idea if you can become more... That's great! And, um, you know, work with people and understand that there are different personality traits. Um, but I would agree with Kim 100%. I don't think there's one personality um, that's that's better. Um, and there's different tasks, of course, that we have to perform as fundraisers. So um, some might lend themselves better, you know, you know, if you're an events person, probably tough to be an introvert. Um, or if you're a prospect researcher, um, you know, probably tough to be an extrovert. But um, I think finding the balance of both on the team is, is really important. Diversity is important. That's awesome. Now, did you go into the introverts lounge? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I I read about it online. And I thought that's a great. Because okay, I'm just imagining these pods with headphones. <laughs> that's even perfect. You read about the introverts uh, lounge online. That, that's encapsulated. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, Derek. I, and you, I, you and get I have this visual of a library. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and being very quiet. Sorry to interrupt. That's okay. That's part of the fun of this podcast. Now, Derek. You get the question too. Introvert or extrovert? Uh, extrovert. Who makes the better fundraiser? I, I see. I love following greatness, like I have here, because I can just sort of sit back and ride in their coattails. So I, I, I completely agree with with Kim and Larissa. It is. It, I'm going to take more of the Buddhist stance. It, it is a balance. 
right? It is that yin and yang. It has to be. Um, in, in reading some of the, uh, the, the research, uh, that was, you know, sort of on personality traits and whatnot, there's some orgs in the UK that are doing sort of the Myers-Briggs test on, on their own fundraisers or their fundraising departments. Okay, you're an NFJP, uh, and hypothetically, this is our donor and they are a KLMY. Oh, so, okay, so Sunny Jim fundraiser, you can hook up with that donor. And so they're starting to profile people that much in terms of personality. I, when you're with one person shop, right, uh, you're chief uh, cook and bottle washer. It's got to be a balance. So that's where that adaptability comes in. Uh, in a perfect world, I, I completely agree. You want to have that researcher who is contemplative, who is detail-oriented, who, who is just doesn't leap in, takes zero risks, and it just compiles, right? But as Larissa said, the events coordinator, Christmas cracker, if you're not extroverted, well, you know, what the heck are you doing? Um, so it's got to be, a, it has to be a balance, I think. Awesome. And you get points for slipping Christmas Cracker in twice. Um, you can't awesome. swear. Come on, we talked about this. <laughs> well, you're, you can. Uh, we've not yet had an explicit tag, but we we could definitely go there. Um, <laughs> but but thank you for that. Thank you for answering the question. Now, um, before before we go, I, I want each of you to have a chance to tell us a little bit more about what you're working on, um, where people can reach you, uh, you know, uh, what's your 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 pet peeve or passion right now. So, Larissa, maybe I'll turn it to you first. What do you want? Um, what do you want to share with our listening audience? Uh, I was just going to put in a plug for, um, which will tie in nicely to the kind introduction that you gave to me, which is I want to uh, challenge and encourage everyone to consider subscribing to some sort of an arts uh, event, whether it's dance, which is my passion, um, theater, there's choirs out there, there's music, symphonies, visual, literary, any company that has the ability to put together a season, please pick one and please subscribe. And here's why. I think, you know, in this day and age, um, support for the arts can be difficult if you're having financial challenges, but the arts are so important in our lives. Um, they enliven us, they connect us, they inspire us. Um, it, it's a gathering opportunity. It's a chance for you to grow as a person. Subscribers are so important to arts organizations because you then provide uh, a reliable source of income. Increasingly, people are making last-minute decisions, and it's it's so difficult for arts organizations then to survive. And let's be honest, we're busy people, so I have the best of intentions of going to things, and then all of a sudden it's passed. So when you subscribe, you've committed. Um, you can share those tickets as gifts. Um, but I really encourage you to, you know, it's what I try to do um, is pick a company a year and subscribe and, and enjoy the experience. That's awesome. Thanks for the shout-out um, to the audience, and uh, I know people will be thinking about that as they listen to you say that. Derek, anything you want our listening audience to know? Or what are you working on? What's cool? What's what's uh, going on? So what I what I think is is neat and nifty, and you and this this podcast I think kind of brings it up is that we I think as fundraisers need to we need to kibitz and cavort a little more. Um, I you know I love the, the coffee sort of thing and just banging out ideas and just hashing out things. And it doesn't have to be all chatting about, oh, well, what's your ROI on your major gifts and, and what's your cost-benefit analysis on plan giving? No, it can be delving into, God, you know, what is this whole thing called a profession? Are we a profession? What does that really mean? What the hell am I doing with my life? Um, you know, if it, I, I think 
we have just a geyser of great and groovy guys and gals in our sector. And I, I think for new fundraisers coming on board, if, 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 if they sort of need any kind of mentorship or if they just need someone, what, what am I doing? I don't, I don't know. Where do I start? How do you know? I, I need a hug. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, just, we should have, we should have like cuddle a fundraiser day, you know, where you just kind of oh, yeah. and get yeah, a yeah. fundraiser, at, you know, a tummy tickle and there it is, right? <laughs> um, so I, I, I mean, if somebody wants to literally, like, especially a newbie, right, where it's just overwhelming and then, and this happens a lot and Vincent, Larissa, and Kim, come on, back me up here. You go into some org and, oh, thanks for joining. Please raise 750 grand a year. And and the person just sort of sits there and and they just sort of suddenly feel all small and shallow. Um, where do they start? Where do you go? What do you do? Um, uh, on you know, shout out to me on on Twitter. So it's at Derek D E R E K Bechtold B E C H T H O L D. Uh, or even my my email address here at Arby. I, I live and breathe here, so I'll get it. Uh, Derek uh, D E R E K B at Arby A R B I dot C A. And if somebody's just sort of, wow, what the hell do I do, man? Uh, you know, I, I just buy me a cup of coffee. I love drugs, and and off we go. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate. I appreciate that shout out to have a little more levity and to network and to mentor and and work with folks. So thank you for that. Oh, but not actually meeting some an introvert, and we don't do that. Right. Fair enough. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, online only. Um, right, Tim. <laughs> Kim, you get the last word. What do you want people to know? Uh, what's 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 the biggest thing in your life? What are you thinking about? Uh, I'm thinking about self improvement. Um, are you? So I believe that we should never stop learning. We should never stop trying to improve ourselves. And I think then that makes um, what we do better and also improves the profession. I'm thinking about leadership development. Uh, we we need leaders as as the generation of fundraisers that is aging and, and will eventually retire, although we never retire, really. Um, I think mentorship is extremely important. I, I unofficially uh, don't have an official mentorship relationship with any of the people I mentor, but I mentor about five people across the globe. And um, we reach out regularly and uh, talk and mail phone and or not phone, they'll email me and ask me my opinion on certain things and guidance and I think that's so very important and that to me is part of why I still love to be in the profession that I can continue to help people grow and if anybody wants to reach out to me my Twitter handle is at Kim Taylor 55 awesome thanks Kim thank you all you've all been great guests Larissa Derek Kim I I really look forward to when we can have each of you back on our podcast but with that our gift of another brain trust philanthropy Powered by Vitreo, has been committed. Well, that's about it for this episode of Brain Trust Philanthropy. I hope you will join us next month when our topic will be Being Grateful and Showing Gratitude, the current state of donor relations and donor recognition. Joining us will be Beth Ann Locke, a fundraiser with Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, Mike House, CEO of the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation in Edmonton, and Suzanne Duncan, Associate Vice President, Donor Relations at the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto. And just before we go, we have some exciting news. Retreo now has one more Brain Trust product in our repertoire. Led by Andrea McManus, The Provocateur is Vitreo's inaugural blog. With The Provocateur, we want to challenge the status quo, 
to stimulate new thoughts, ideas, and behaviors. We aspire to galvanize change within the fundraising, philanthropy, and nonprofit sector today and into the future. In her first post, Andrea gets personal with her own Me Too story. I encourage you to go give it a read. And if you want more, subscribe so you don't miss any future posts. You can find The Provocateur and much more on our website at vitreogroup.ca. Talk to you in a few weeks. Brain Trust Philanthropy is powered by Vitreo and is produced by Lauren McMurray at Alchemy Communications and by me, Vincent Duckworth. Brain Trust Philanthropy is recorded in beautiful downtown Calgary, Alberta. Follow our show and engage with fellow listeners on Twitter at Powered by Vitreo. You can subscribe to Brain Trust Philanthropy on iTunes or by visiting our website at vitreogroup.ca. Wishing all of you success in your mission, peace in your lives, hope in your hearts. I'm Vincent Duckworth.